the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit YourDiscipleshipCoach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. I'm excited today to continue a mini-series that we started about the critical journey And I have a bonus for you as my listener today. I announced this last week as as a three-part mini-series, but I've retooled this. And so today's episode is episode two of a four-part mini-series. So we're going to broaden this to be four episodes. As we think about getting into a discussion about the critical journey, I want us to be reminded that people from all backgrounds have opportunity to engage with Jesus and and they experience what we call a Christian walk. Well, there are two authors that worked together, Hagberg and Gulich, who wrote a book about this Christian walk called The Critical Journey. So that book is a frame for this four-part mini-series. In The Critical Journey, there are seven categories that are communicated And they're framed within six different stages. So last week, for example, I explored stage one. Today, we're going to explore stages two and three. Next week, we'll look at stage four and this bonus stage called the wall. And then we'll conclude the series with the final two stages in our fourth and final episode of this mini-series. But I want to keep in mind that these stages are not formulaic, forming spiritual maturity. It's not... Walk through these six stages and you're spiritually mature. It's not a formula that's quoted in the Bible. But these stages of the critical journey of faith is a, what I would call maybe a responsible recognition of a discipleship process that most people experience or most people can experience. So just note that these stages are not meant to be hard and fast, but they're flexible. And you might resonate with these stages. Now, the, the win of this type of consideration or assessment is that as a believer, we understand where we are in our walk with Jesus and, and how we continue to advance our relationship with him. So as a reminder, we talked last week about stage one, recognition of God. We learned about the reality of God. God is real and we experience salvation in a moment and, and often through a process. But we learn in this first stage that God loves me. And we were challenged with the, 
the idea of following God. And, and then we move from stage one to stage two as we begin to accept who we are and move into connection at a church. So let's get in to stage number two as we continue this four-part mini-series. So stage number one, recognition of God. Stage number two is what is known as the life of discipleship. Some people attend church occasionally or even regularly. Some people recognize God. They find themselves standing in awe of God. I think of the Apostle Paul who encountered the presence of God to the point that everything radically changed in his life. When Paul was on the road to Damascus, he had this encounter with God, and that's, that's the first stage. But a life of discipleship, stage two, moves beyond that initial encounter. So we could say it like this, we move beyond just simple church attendance. We move beyond um, just recognizing faith as an event, but we start to move into faith as a lifestyle. I had a friend who started uh, coming to church with me while in high school, and he came really for social reasons, to hang out with other friends. Somewhere along the way, he had this encounter with God. It wasn't dramatic like the Apostle Paul, but but he engaged with God. And what we ended up uh, doing together is doing Bible studies together, and, and my friend experienced a lifestyle shift in his life. Ultimately, this experience that he had led to both of his parents becoming followers of Jesus. My friend went to Bible college. He truly engaged in a life of discipleship. You know, so many people, maybe even listening today, reach this stage where we are in a life of discipleship. And this is where people find meaning from belonging with other believers. That's why we attend a church. That's why we're part of a class or a group. You know, I've been part of a, a church where, where the community of a large choir brought a sense of meaning to people's lives. Sometimes in the stage of a life of discipleship, people begin to take up a cause, like I'm going to fight poverty or, or really identify that the whole world needs God. So a life of discipleship begins to move an encounter with God to a lifestyle of following God. There's a sense of, I'll describe it as righteousness, that, that grips our life. This is not just being in awe of God. This is walking in righteousness, or it's a striving to be like Jesus. You can feel closer to God because you're practicing new behaviors, and you can, however, at this stage, unfortunately, become judgmental of others who are not practicing your new behaviors. But this stage uh, that we're talking about right here, right now, the life of discipleship, brings about a security in your faith. And I thought about a great hymn of the church, Amazing Grace. Just hear these words for a moment. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. This, this starts to describe stage two, that because of God's grace, we know that we are saved from sin. We were a wretched person. But we say we were lost, but now we're found. I was blind, but now I see. I continue to see and engage in a relationship with our God. Sounds like a fun stage, and it's a fun stage to be in. Sometimes people, however, get caged or stuck 
at this stage. Something that might bring that about is that we become rigid in our righteousness. And, and I have to be honest with you as you're listening today, as we talk about the critical journey, this can be something that I battle in my life, being rigid in righteousness. I, I, I begin to think sometimes that all Christians should do certain behavior or no Christian should ever do certain behavior. And that rigidity can actually keep me stuck in this stage. Some people at this stage use language like us versus them. So we as Christians versus those that are non-Christians. And we, 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 are, we are clear at the differentiation between these people. But on the good side of it, a life of discipleship, is about emphasizing a search for God. You know, some churches do this so well. Even there are some churches that immediately after the sharing of the word of truth, the sharing from the the Bible, preaching, they open up a time for people to immediately respond to that. Others respond to a church service or an experience of exploring God's word. And and on their own, they, they take action. They respond. The goal becomes, I want to search and know God and apply truth that's biblical to my life. You know, searching for God is a very good thing. But I want to lean in for a moment because stopping our spiritual journey at this point will stunt our spiritual maturity. So before we go to break, I have this question. What about you? You may want to deepen or fully explore the stage, or you might want to move out of the stage. So, so here's how you explore stage two, a life of discipleship. You will recognize the giftings that God has given you. Identify the passions that are in your heart and, and come to terms with how you make a contribution to the kingdom of God. Stage two, a life of discipleship is about taking responsibility for what God has put in your hand. It's answering the question, what truly makes me feel like a part of this faith community? Is it gathering in worship or identifying with a cause? Or what is it that grips your life that moves your walk with the Lord from an event to a lifestyle? See, it's at this stage that you begin to practice uh, spiritual disciplines and practices because you're getting to know God. You're, you're going to begin in this life of discipleship, reading the Bible, engaging with the Lord in communication. We call that prayer. Or you might, might do things that you've never done before, like be part of a prayer walk or, or maybe attend a spiritual retreat or carve one out for yourself. It's during this time in a life of discipleship that showing up at a church service is not enough. You may want to be part of the prayer meetings or other things that are happening in your church where the goal becomes, I want to dig a little deeper. You may start to explore classic devotional writings. You may look uh, at what other people are saying about growing in the Lord. Hey, as we talk today, I want you to know that this is a great stage, a life of discipleship. It's beautiful to be part of this stage. We're getting ready to break, and when we do, we're going to talk about stage three. So a recognition of God, stage one, a life of discipleship, stage two. But I want you to hold tight as we get into the second part of the show, talking about stage three, 
the productive life. So stay tuned. I thank you for listening to us right now to your discipleship coach. And as you listen in, you're listening to AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Thank you for staying tuned to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And I'm here today to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Hey, this is episode two of a four-part mini-series about the critical journey. And so far in the series, we've talked about Two stages in the journey. Number one is the life of discipleship. And at the front end of this show, we've talked about, or excuse me, number one is recognition of God. And uh, at the beginning of this show, we've talked about stage two, the life of discipleship. I'm about to get into the third stage, and it's called the productive life. So if you think about stage one is is a sense of I'm awed by God. I, I encounter God. Stage two is living a life of of growing in him. It's discipleship. So stage three is a productive life, and it's about doing something with our relationship with the Lord. Now, many, many believers get to this stage, and, and some stay here and never move beyond the stage, but you will recognize the stage that we call the productive life. So this is a stage where where you as a believer find your spot. So there are a few families that I know that are part of a program that's called Bible Quiz. So this is where students that are young and then also students that are in middle school and high school, they learn either truths about the Bible or they study books of the Bible and they, they're quizzed about what they learn and and it's a competition and you can advance throughout your state and and region in the country and ultimately to a national competition. Now there are many families that I know that that Bible quiz is real a real part of their identity. And and the belief is that hiding God's word in your heart will prepare you for the future and that's true. Not every person chooses Bible quiz, but it's certainly a place where people find the way to live out a productive Christian life. You know, there are others, like there's there's once, as I was leading a small group ministry at a church, we started uh, a group for people that, that had wayward children. And the reason we started that was because there was a mom and a dad who had a wayward child, someone who had walked away from, from their faith, and it was really... Uh, difficult for the family. So they became passionate and gave their their ministry time and they felt productive, not just navigating that hurt, but helping others do the same. You know, in your life, you might wonder, how am I being productive in my faith? Maybe I'm part of a, a prayer ministry and I'm praying for people and something that I do, or maybe your productive Christian life is expressed by being part of a, a worship team. And, and you're not just encountering God, or you're not just feeling like I'm growing personally with the Lord, but you hit this 
this stage where you're sharing your walk with the Lord with others. So this stage, the productive life, is where we find a sense of responsibility, or can I say a sense of calling that we have in our, our lives. And our, our responsibility is not to perform, but it's to accomplish God's mission. So we, we use our talents and our gifts that we start to discover in stage two, and we put them into play to accomplish God's mission or to serve in the church. So we've recognized God and we are living a life of discipleship, but now we're being productive in stage three in our spiritual life. See, it's at this stage that that people begin to to put spirituality into all phases of their life. And, you know, some people, many people at this stage, they they place value on different symbols. It was interesting. I do not have a Catholic background, uh, yet there was one time where I was leading a church in an area, and we did an ecumenical service. So all, all the different types of churches gathered together. We gathered in a Catholic church. What was interesting is as I looked around uh, the facility, I saw all of these pictures and, and icons and symbols. And as I began to get to know some uh, people that attended this Catholic church, these symbols had real spiritual meaning in their lives. You know, there are people that are Catholic and non-Catholic that might wear a, a necklace with a cross on it. And that symbol becomes meaningful to them. So it's at the stage three where we might utilize different icons and symbols as we, we, we use that as a resource to give our attention to God. And this is part of how we deepen our faith, but also express our faith. See, it's during this productive stage of spiritual development that you start to reach spiritual goals. I can remember as a, a child, I wanted to read the Bible through in a year. And that became my goal for several years. And and through the, the stage, man, I was probably zero for eight the first eight years I tried to read the Bible through. I read Genesis every year. Sometimes that's where it ended. Sometimes I read a little further. But there's a point in my life that I made it through the Bible in a year for the very first time. And, and this goal, the spiritual goal I had is a sign that I was in stage three. One of the spiritual goals that we have, we share is to lead someone else into a, a, a relationship with God and, and to experience their own faith. Or maybe there's an achievement of a ministry goal that really matters to you. So this productive life means that we are hitting spiritual goals. We're setting them and, and hitting them. But sometimes we can actually be caged at this stage. So we've recognized God. We've, we have, we've applied some discipleship processes to our life. But in this productive life, it's a great place to be, but we can get stuck here. We can get stuck at this stage. Sometimes we get stuck because we become overzealous. You know, we, we say, I need to change the world. And and, and with the, the help of, of God, with the help of the Spirit of God, I need to change the world. Or, and, and really, we begin to believe that everybody needs to change the world. I mean, that's the, the commission, isn't it? And then sometimes we, we get oh, so zealous that we say things like, I can't believe a Christian of any kind can watch the news because it taints our faith. And, and we get so overzealous sometimes that it actually 
our good intentions keep us from moving forward in our faith. We actually grow weary at this stage in doing well. We're warned and and counseled uh, in Galatians to not grow weary in doing well. There's a statement I synthesized thinking about that verse. Doing must be an overflow of being. Being is not an overflow of doing. In other words, we if we want to grow in Christ, what we do should be an expression of who we are. We don't become like God because of what we do. We do things because of who we are. At this stage, a life that's productive, a productive life, sometimes we get stuck here because we are centered on on ourself. Although uh, you belong and strive to change the world, the focus is on me. We think about my spiritual growth. We think about my development. See, the risk at staying at this stage, stage three, a productive life, which is a great place to be, but a risk is we are framed with a life of performance. It's where our spiritual maturity is described in what we accomplished. So I'm close to God because I read the Bible through. Or I'm close to God because we really, people were really moved in the church when I sang that song. Or, or I must be close to the Lord because the small group that I lead moved from seven people attending to 22 people attending. These are all good things. But the risk at this stage is that these accomplishments are mistaken for spiritual maturity. But coming out of a productive life leads us to maybe the most difficult stage. And we're going to talk about this next week, stage four in the wall. But when we move out of stage three into stage four, we start to lose a sense of certainty. We start to realize that all of these things I'm doing in my productive life begins to 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 water down the fulfillment I have in Christ. And we start to question things. And, and we we can actually engage in a spiritual crisis. Or in stage four, we eventually hit the wall and feel abandoned and look for direction. Next week, as we do part three of this four-part miniseries, we're going to talk about stage four in this difficult season. We're going to talk about the wall, what we hit. And if you have a wayward child, you might want to listen to episode number three as well. But as I talk to you today, you might be thinking, you know, I might be up for some coaching. If you're curious about coaching, I want to invite you to visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com and take our free coaching readiness questionnaire. We want to hear from you. You can fill that out and we will respond. Also, I want you to follow this show and share this show with others on the radio or on the podcast. Follow us and share us. Today, thank you so much for listening to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Today's show has been brought to you by our sponsors, Heritage Counseling Center at heritagecounseling.com, Chicago Indian Church at chicagoindianchurch.com, and Professional Coach University. Maximize your potential at Professional Coach University. You can become a certified coach or Invest in yourself through personal development opportunities. Just visit professionalcoachuniversity.com. Hey, thanks for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach. I want you to know that I am for you, and God is for you. And if God is for you, who could be against you? Thanks for listening on AM 1160. 
hope for your life. Thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. We hope you feel encouraged to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Be sure to follow Michael and Your Discipleship Coach on social media. You'll find the links at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. And while you're there, you can click the Give Now button to support this show and to provide scholarships to pastors and Christian leaders to receive coaching. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. That's Your Discipleship Coach. Coach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.